Hey, I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. All right. I know I always say I'm super excited for my guests, but like you have to understand we have been working on scheduling this for months. <laughs> and so the stars yes. have finally aligned and we've come together and I am truly excited and thrilled to bring you my, my friend, my fellow coach. She's an amazing financial life coach. We met through the service Academy women community. So please get excited because I'm excited for Kayla Lyon. Hello, Kayla. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. That's quite an intro. Yeah, you know, I wing it. It's it's different every time. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here, and I'm so excited that we finally were able to align all of the stars and make this happen. Yes. Well, I mean, you kind of you kind of have a lot going on. You're like, I don't know, didn't you just like move, or you are moving, and like you're kind of with child, and then you also have yes. You also have out-of-body <laughs> children, inside-body children. Out of, that's the weirdest way I've ever put that. I'm going to drink a, some tea and let you speak for a second. <laughs> no, I refer to my – I've got outside babies and inside baby. I've got two toddlers. Um, we just moved from San Diego to the D.C. area a couple of weeks ago, and I'm due with number three in about three weeks. So, yeah, it's been a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? Um, the politically correct answer is that I'm great. The real answer is that I'm very ready for inside baby to become outside baby. I'm very over it, <laughs> but that seems fair. it's good. Good. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I guess I suppose I, I hinted at it a little bit, but the first question I always ask uh, is, you know, what is your connection to the military? I'm a Navy veteran. I was a service warfare officer. Um, I did about almost seven years on active duty. And then I did another four as a reservist. Um, and now I'm a Marine wife. Not now. I've been a Marine wife for seven, six years, seven years. It's been a while. It seems like it's been a while in a good way, in a good way. Um, but yes, so I am a dependent um, spouse slash veteran mm -hmm. now. And given that we met through Service Academy Women, you are a Service Academy graduate. <laughs> yes, I did graduate from the Naval Academy. Lovely. Um, yeah, so digging into... One of my recent more favorite topics, even though it still makes me a little squirmy, uh, money mindset, which may seem weird for a health and wellness podcast, but mindset and also like stress about money is impacting people's health. Am I right? So much. And it's so funny because I, a lot of my clients will come to me specifically to work on like their financial stuff, um, whether they're have a bunch of debt they're trying to pay off and they just kind of want to like get back to zero or if they're like doing pretty well, they just feel like they could be doing, doing better or, you know, they have a specific financial goal they want to work towards or whatever. Like it looks, it, you know, it can be any number of things, but I end up coaching on just about everything because money touches every single area of our lives, like whether we like it or not. Right. Like yeah. even if you're like, Oh, like I'm not in front of the money and it doesn't matter to me and all that stuff, like it's still, it facilitates every aspect of our lives 
um, whether you want it to or not. So yeah, we end up touching on just about everything. (laughs) How did you originally get into kind of life coaching, coaching generally, and then the, the finance piece of it? Well, so I left, I left active duty and I had a major identity crisis for a couple of years that I wasn't really anticipating. Um, I had my first daughter about a year and a half, maybe a year and a half. I, after, um, I left active duty, I was still a reservist and I was in grad school and I was getting my MBA and I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And my active duty Marine husband is still moving us around, you know, plenty. So quote unquote, normal career wasn't super easy to come by just because we kept, kept moving and all that business. Um, I dabbled in a couple of things and I was just trying to kind of find my way. And I started a personal finance blog that never, I never really figured out the whole blogging thing. It never really went anywhere, but it was just kind of like my creative outlet to kind of like have something that was my own and yeah. try to start to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Um, I've always been a money nerd. I've always been, um, I was an engineer in college and I'm like spreadsheets and all that. Like that's definitely the side of my brain that I use. (laughs) Um, and I excel with, and I got, um, my MBA has a concentration in finance. And so I've always been really interested in that. Um, and I've been pretty money savvy, if you will, like Mm -hmm. just kind of, I guess a combination between like the way my parents raised me and, you know, just all the things, um, it's been, kind of like a natural strong suit for me. And I've enjoyed helping other people and talking about it. I also grew up in a house where I never, like we always talked about money and it wasn't weird. And I didn't realize that that was a weird thing to talk about until I got older. And then being in the service, like you can Google Google my paycheck, right? Like it's, there's no weirdness about, talk, like you don't talk about it because you know what your peers make, you know what your boss make, like it's just not a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a very brief stint in corporate, if you will, quote unquote. <laughs> um, I was a, um, I was a defense contractor in the Pentagon for uh, about a year, and I quickly realized that that was not for me. But I also quickly realized that you don't talk about money, and you don't talk about salaries with your coworkers, and you don't. Not that I like would walk into my cube and be like, "Hey, how much do you make?" Right? But that was just you know going through all the onboarding paperwork and the HR stuff. Like I learned very quickly that this is not something that you talk about, um, and. So that, that was weird to me, but I learned and have continued to learn that I am the weird one thinking that it's not weird. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but it is so important and we've got such a huge, I don't want to say financial crisis, but there's just like with student loan debt and just like our, our, um, personal, you know, credit card loans and credit card debt and just consumer debt that we carry as Americans, like just as an entire culture, there are some people who are doing just fine, but there are a lot of people who it's a, it weighs on them very heavily. It causes a lot of stress. And like I said, it touches every other aspect of your life. Cause if you're so concerned about how you're going to pay your bills every month, it's going to affect how you show up in every relationship as a parent, as a spouse, as a partner at work, you know what I mean? It's just not going to create a great a great feeling. Like you're just going to not, you're not going to feel good. Um, and so my personal finance blog kind of like I found coaching and I found, I hired my first, my own personal life coach as I was trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. And I learned that life coaching was a thing and that's a whole nother story. But, um, I, as I was going through my own journey of just like my identity crisis and trying to figure out my life, I realized that I had a passion for, 
the coaching piece of it for sure, which I think stems a lot from kind of like the service, the service oriented, you know, like the military service kind of background. I feel like there, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, And then I kind of just married that with what I was really good and already very comfortable with talking about, Mm. even though other people are super uncomfortable talking about (laughs) it. It kind of makes it, it makes it a little more fun for me. And I don't mean that in like a mean way, but (laughs) I can kind of like draw it out a little bit easier, I think, just because it's just a very normal thing for me. Yeah. So that's kind of a roundabout way. That's beautiful. (laughs) And I mean, to me, it makes total sense. And I, I totally understand the, the kind of glee because it, when you're operating and like living in alignment with like who you are and your purpose, right. And helping other people because of your unique skill set, it's really satisfying and fulfilling and fun. So it really is. (laughs) It really is. I feel very blessed to have landed here. It took, it was a windy road, but I feel very blessed to have landed here because I, I truly love my work. You may not know this, but I actually hate going grocery shopping. That's why I swear by Thrive Market. I love that they share my values like sustainable sourcing, and I'm able to get high quality, non-perishable pantry items at a discount. And hey, it gets shipped to my door. Grab the link in the show notes for a 25% discount off your first order. Happy shopping. I love your point about coaching being kind of connected to your identity as a service member too. That's definitely something. And I mean, I'm still, I'm still wearing the uniform. Right. Um, but I've found, (laughs) I found that what I'm learning and what I do as a coach is also better informing my leadership wearing the uniform too. And I have civilians counterparts that are coming to me saying, Hey, like I'm, I'm kind of having this problem that's difficult with an employee or, you know, I want to, I want to empower them to, to be able to do more. Like, how do you think I can do that? And I was like, well, here are some questions you can ask, you know, like get curious. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, I think it, (laughs) I, I personally find it very validating (laughs) just because I think so often when I tell people like, oh yeah, I'm a health coach. Like I have a master's in electrical engineering, but I'm also a health coach. And they're like, right. What? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like does not compute. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel validated. Thank you for that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So with like, when you, when you start to uncover the, the underlying kind of that's what I'm going to go with. It's really descriptive of what is going on in people's heads when it comes to money. What are you most often coming across? What's the most like common trends you see? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think very generally speaking, but probably the most common is some form of the story of like, I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to um, like make more money or I'll never be able to save more money, or I'll never be able to get out of the debt that I have or pay off the debt that I have. Like some version of that is like, and I know that's very, very broad, but it's, it all kind of boils down to some version of that. And our brains love to go to these very extreme, all or nothing black and white places. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've never been able to save any money or I'm completely terrible with money. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things to do is point out, like, I'm like, even if you have to go all the way back to when you were like six years old and you had a piggy bank, 
if you had a piggy bank full of coins, then you were saving money. So the thought I've never been able to save money, it's just not true, right? Like it's factually inaccurate. So when you can start to poke little holes in to these very extreme thoughts and just prove them factually untrue, it kind of starts to loosen, loosen that up a little bit in your brain. And so you can start to see the possibility, like then, then it turns into like, oh, I'm not great with money now, but I could be, or it's possible that I could pay off this loan, or it's possible that I could save enough to pay, excuse me, for this vacation in cash. Or do you know what I mean? You kind of start to see the possibility. It's like little um, rays of sunlight kind of poking through. Um, And so we kind of start to break away from that, but that's definitely the most common kind of underlying, again, very broad, but thing is it's just a very stark, like, I'm beyond help. This is useless. Like I can't, I I'll never be able to do this. I've never been able to do it in the past. And what I find is pretty much a hundred percent of the time, it's just not true. <laughs> so challenging those beliefs. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think that part of that comes from because credit cards and, and, and consumer debt is so common now, right? Like, so kids are growing up seeing their parents be, essentially be constantly in debt. And so those are the behaviors that they're learning. And then that, that's the cycle that perpetuating. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, you only know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know, obviously. And one of my, one of the many reasons why I like to talk about this as much as I can is because you can't get better at something that you never talk about, right? Right. So like if your parents didn't know any better and they just thought that this is how you live and you just live paycheck to paycheck and you're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, mm-hmm. you know, with credit card bills and stuff, if they don't know any better, then they don't even know to ask the question. Cause if that's what they see everybody around them doing too, yeah. they don't even know to ask the question or are not even really sure how to kind of get to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if, as a kid, if that's all you see, again, that's all you're going to see, but compounding that is that that money is this like taboo subject that we don't talk about, right? It's like religion and politics and money. And you just never talk about any of them, Mm -hmm. but then how are you supposed to get better? How are you supposed to ask the questions? How are you supposed to learn and figure out what you don't know that you don't know? So you can try and break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And if you don't even know that it's a possibility for you to be financially in a different place you don't even know to, to try and go after it. Right. So that's, um, so yes, I definitely think that it's the cycle is perpetuated just through like, I mean, that's with anything, you know, as a child or, and as you grow up as an adult, like with any, with any area you want to talk about, right. Like you, you're going to, you're going to pick up a lot of like programming from like socially and from school and your teachers and your parents and your environment and the kids you hang out with, like there's a million different inputs. Plus like, obviously like your genetics and your basic, um, kind of quote unquote wiring like plays into that as well, mm-hmm. but you're going to learn what you see consciously or unconsciously. That's the key is a lot of this is unconsciously learned that you don't even realize that you're carrying around with you. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I get into with my clients is, you know, you, you kind of get past the surface level and then you get into the really deep stuff that they don't even realize they believed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So when you can start to kind of like break down some of those thoughts and beliefs that just aren't serving you. And you can start to see that there is a possibility of a different way. Mm -hmm. And you start to learn about that and it becomes okay to talk about it. Then you can really start to change what not only your own life, but then you're an example for your children or 
um, for your neighbors or your family or friends. Do you know what I mean? Like you start, like the ripple effect is huge. Like it's going to very directly impact your day-to-day life pretty quickly, but then the ripple effect, it's like, it's like the butterfly effect, right? Like you can't even really fully know the impact that you're having on others because maybe your neighbor sees you like all of a sudden you're not struggling anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe they never even say anything to you, but they're like, oh, clearly there's a better way. And they like, they'd like do a Google search or something and go like learn something new that they otherwise never would have. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So yes, the cycle can be perpetuated very naturally and very easily, but I feel like it can be broken. Not easily, but mm-hmm. simply, right? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are many things that are, they're simple, not easy. I say that with health. Right. Exactly. Like it's not complicated, but do actually doing the work and like un like reprogramming your brain. That's where yeah. it takes practice for sure, but it's worth it. I love that you mentioned the, the impact piece of it though. Right. And when we, when we look at kind of motivation styles and, and ways people are motivated, right. There's, there's the, the intrinsically motivated and the um, ex- extrinsically and uh, I'm going to go with externally because I can't say extrinsically right now. Hey, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we, find that like a lot of times the that will shift right from extrinsically to in, intrinsically as you progress through the the cycle but for someone that is more of a giver or like service minded or servant minded um to know that they're f- cha- like changing their financial mindset changing their money mindset can impact other people's in that really profound way, I think is, I mean, that's so powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can, that can really keep you going when it is hard, when it feels really hard. Right. Like, so, and it comes down to knowing your why, right? Like some people, everybody's why is a little bit different, but knowing what it is and being really grounded in that is very, it's very powerful to keep you going for sure. Yes. So time for me to ask a selfish question. Absolutely. (laughs) When you make a mistake, right? And like all of us have made, I'm, I feel like all of us have made money mistakes at some point where it's like, absolutely, why, 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 why did I do that? And depending on the gravity of the mistake, like it could stick with you for years, the, at least the, the financial impact, but how do you work through the emotional impact? You know, those feelings of shame and guilt because you have, you have this tangible reminder of a mistake that you made? Such a good question. Um, So there are a couple kind of different ways to approach it, but overall having compassion for yourself is like the, the overarching answer, I think. So my, one of my favorite thoughts to have not only about myself, but about everybody is they're doing the best that they can right now. Sometimes that's really sucky, <laughs> right? Like sometimes my best is terrible, right? Like I'm doing the best with my kids, with my money, with my husband, with my job. Like I'm always doing the best that I can in the moment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes it's really great. But so if you can, if you can come back to that for yourself and remember like, okay, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't, cause it's like, it's like Monday morning quarterbacking yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, I wouldn't remake that same choice. But in that moment, I did the best that I could with what I had. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, you ha- there's, there's like a level of trust with yourself there, but 
trying to come back to that place and just remembering that I'm doing the best that I can. And just sometimes it's going to be, cause life's always 50, 50, right? Like it's 50% good and it's 50% bad. And you can try and like contort it as much as you want. But when you boil it all the way down, like it's pretty even split. So that's another thing that I'll remind myself. I'm like, well, that goes in my 50% negative column and that's fine because it's going to be there no matter what. And if it wasn't that mis- mistake or whatever you want to label it, it was, it would have been something different that else that goes in that column. Right. Mm-hmm. So just remembering that life is always 50, 50, no matter what you do is very helpful, right? Like Oprah's got good days and bad days. The homeless guy down the street has good days and bad days. So they, obviously their problems look very different, but Oprah still has problems, right? So remembering that life's always 50, 50, but ultimately coming back to just having that compassion for yourself, which is not easy for us as humans to do. I think it's not easy for us as women to do, Um, but yeah, just remembering that I'm doing the best that I can, even if it was kind of terrible in that moment, but this is also, it happened exactly how it was supposed to. And this is what I, I mean, if you want to like find the lessons in it to kind of help yourself feel better, mm-hmm. that's, that's very useful as well, because it, it can help you feel better, but also like you, you can not repeat the same pattern if you don't want to, right? Like if that's not a pattern you want to repeat, obviously yeah. like kind of learning from your past, but I think the kind of silver bullet is that self-compassion, which again, that's an exercise um, skill. That's not something that a lot of us are born with. So (laughs) it can be challenging for some people for sure. Yeah. Especially those of us that are type A and, you know, uber achievers, right? It's like, yes, I am a college educated, like intelligent human. How did I, you know, and I think- But then, you know, going back to the compassion piece, like remembering that like we aren't taught this stuff unless you seek out like learning about finances, we're we're not taught this stuff. And even like my husband's like starting to get into cryptocurrency and <laughs> I just my, my eyes, my eyes just my just the glaze. Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, OK, uh-huh. yeah. And, and apparently I, inter- <laughs> I introduced him to <laughs> a, a friend of mine who is like, he's highly intelligent, like submariner went EDO, right? Like super, super, super smart dude. Apparently the level of like crypto my husband has been doing is like amateur hour compared to like the real deal. So now they're, they're talking and I'm like, I, I what have I done? I'm going to go. <laughs> get a beer <laughs> like, <I> just... <laughs> um but yeah it, it's and I think at least for me there's been you know it's been kind of some identity mismatch right where I'm like I am I'm an intelligent I'm a competent like person and then being that hard on yourself right like how could I how could I have thought this was a good idea how could I've made this mistake how could I have trusted you know people I shouldn't have trusted right I think you hit the nail on the head and that's, I think that's another big piece of it. I'm really glad you said that. And it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier is that we're not taught it. And so if you, you like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I was a ship driver. I haven't done that in a while. I could, I would feel pretty confident walking back up on the bridge. Obviously I would need to do a little studying first because it's been (laughs) a couple of years, but like, if I'm going to get in my husband's helicopter pilot, like if I'm going to go sit in the cockpit of a helicopter, I'm going to have absolutely no idea what to do. Right. And like, that's not a problem for me. Cause I'm like, I know that I haven't been taught this and I haven't learned this. 
And so I know that I'm capable of learning it and figuring it out. It's just not something that I have done yet, if that's something I aspire to do. Financial education is no different, right? It's like, just like you haven't been taught it. It's not a problem. Of, co- of course you don't know it, mm-hmm. right? So and then that's kind of where we come back to that self-compassion. It's like, of course I don't know this. How on earth would I know this? Literally has no, no one has taught me, yeah. right? And it's not my parents' fault. They did the best they could. They taught me what they knew. And, you know, it's like, it's not my teacher's fault because they did the best they could and they taught me what they knew. It does blow my mind that we don't have formal, like basic financial kind of education through like middle school and high school and even in college. And even when I was, working on my MBA with in a finance concentration, obviously it was like a lot of like stocks and trading and bonds, which all that stuff is great, but it's not like how to balance a checkbook and how to live within your means and how to set up a budget and like that kind of like very basic stuff that I personally think should be a part of our public education system, but that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) Um, But that's exactly it. We're not taught it. So if you can get to that place and remind yourself, like, I'm very smart. How did I not do this? or how did I not know this? It's like, well, of course I didn't know it. I was never, I was never taught before, right? Like you don't know how to ride a bike until, until you learn it, until somebody teaches you, same with driving a car, same with any of the things that we do, right? Like if you're an accountant, you don't know how to be an accountant until you learn how to be an accountant, right? Mm-hmm. So, or what, you know, whatever profession, whatever you do, yeah. um, it can be applied. So if you can get to that, if you can come back to that and be like, di- dip into that self-compassion, it will help not only, kind of reconciling some things that you might deem mistakes in the past, Mm -hmm. but also it'll help tremendously with like your mindset and your self-concept and your motivation going forward to actually learn the things that you now know that you don't know that you want to learn Mm -hmm. to achieve the goals that you want to financial or otherwise. Yeah. That makes total sense. (laughs) It's interesting. (laughs) I'm just kind of thinking about like what, why, why the mismatch? Like why, why do we, put so much emotion and shame and guilt into something that we're never taught. And I wonder if it's similar to like health, right? Where it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be part of our everyday life and you're just supposed to be doing it right. Um, Right. Air quotes, right. Because no one actually, I mean, unless you were raised in a family that was, you know, like very health centered, you probably weren't taught outside of maybe if you did a sport. So, I mean, how many athletes do you know that once they stop doing their sport, they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do this. Right. But there's a lot of shame there because they're supposed to, you know, again with air quotes. Right. So I I wonder if it's, it's similar where it's because it's part of our everyday life, we feel like we should know, but, but we don't. Exactly. And then when you, so it's already like, you think you should know. So you have this whole story that you don't want to ask for help because you don't want to admit that you don't know because you're convinced that you already should know. And you're convinced that everybody else around you should already knows it. And so you're going to look dumb if you ask the question. And then you layer on top of that, that we're not supposed to talk about money anyway. Yeah. Right. And so it just spirals. And so nobody ever says a word about it. And it's just this very like taboo thing. So it just keeps, it just keeps going right? Like the cycle, the cycle just keeps perpetuating itself. And I'm like, well, no wonder we've got like massive consumer debt problems. Like it's not a mystery. Like nobody, nobody talks about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if they so, do, it's in a kind of judgment, shameful very much. way. So very much again, then, and what do people do when they're emotional? A lot of people go into comforting habits. What's a comforting habit? Buying things. Shopping. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get that, absolutely. That quick endorphin 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why I end up coaching on so many things kind of only tangentially related to money for that exact reason is because like, if you're, if your time management and your scheduling and your over isn't great and you're overwhelmed all the time, then you're not going to do your meal prep that you planned on. So then you're going to end up eating out more, which affects not only your health and your waistline, but your financial budget. Cause you're going to spend more money at the grocery store. You're going to spend more money on, you know, going out to eat or, or yeah. doing takeout. You know what I mean? So it all, so then now you're the number on the scale isn't where you want it to be. And you don't feel good physically because you're not eating the way you want to. And also your bank account is all out of whack because you didn't follow your budget and your plan. And so now you're like, Oh crap, how am I going to pay? It, like, do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. the cycle just keeps on going. So yeah, that's why one thing affects 10 other things. And health is a great example of that. I think, I think there's so much overlap between financial health and like your physical health because of all those things. They're not in silos, right? They're not yeah, there's just so much overlap because it's like a, it's like a big old house of cards, you know, and you just, <laughs> you just flick one out at the bottom and the whole thing comes tumbling down. So, yeah. So I, I know we're getting t- towards the end, but this, this question has been bouncing around my head. So, <laughs> um, and this is a, a kind of off the wall one. I, I I'm going to preface that, but bring it on. Um, it, it's weird. You know how, like sometimes the just things align and you start when you're paying attention to it, you start seeing like a certain message over and over again. Absolutely. So one that I've been seeing a lot recently is a con- is a conversation around um, kind of spirituality, manifesting, and money, right? And and being open to receiving and also being open to giving. So the, the argument being a lot of people are more stressed financially and and often this is in a, a business context right where it's you're not because you're so afraid you don't feel like money is going to be coming back you don't you don't put out and that's actually stifling the cycle Absolutely. i see you doing big nods yeah i would love yeah. to hear your your thoughts on on kind of that general concept <laughs> so this is something we talk about for hours so i'm going to try and keep it short but <laughs> i know it's a huge it's- yeah There's a difference between having money and spending money and saving money and receiving money. Like those are all different things and you can be really good at spending money and not great at the other ones, or you can be really good at having money, but not great at receiving it. And you know what I mean? Like there's like, there's so much, so many different ways that that can manifest. And so you've got people who spend money as soon as it comes in, because they're scared that they are not going to have any more, like there's, there's no more coming. And so they need to spend it now while they can. And then there are other people who hoard it because they're like, there's no more coming. And so I need to just save and stockpile as much as I can, because I don't know, you know, what I'll, what I'll have. And I don't know when, when the next paycheck or whatever is coming. Even if you are on like a quote unquote normal, like nine to five, like paid every two weeks paycheck cycle, like I see this all the time where people are just like, I don't know what's coming. So I'm going to hoard all this, or they're going to spend it all because, and that's where you get into these paycheck to paycheck cycles and these very like scarcity mindset places around money. When you can get into abundance money is just a tool, right? It's just a, it's a completely neutral thing. It's just a tool that we've all agreed upon as a society that has like this, like value exchange, right? right? So if you think about it less as something to like hoard or have or spend in it more, like it kind of just like flows through us. And it's like kind of like a constant in and out, then it becomes, it, 
it takes some of the pressure off, mm-hmm. right? So that's a big leap if you're to, to go from point A to point B can be a very big leap. And that's a lot of the work that I do with my clients is to like right. incrementally get us there. And then also like actually physically, like kind of cleaning up their actual like finance situation as well. But when you're feeling more abundant and when you're coming from a more abundant mindset surrounding money, it does flow through you and it does come through you. And it does seem like it manifests kind of out of nowhere. And I know that sounds a little woo, but like, I'm trying to think of an example. Like we had, like during COVID, we just kind of had like a couple of random things happen where all of a sudden we had like some extra cash that we weren't expecting, right? Like we did a re- refinance on on our house. And so that like, there was like two months of missed mortgage payments because part of the refinance process. And all of a sudden we had like an extra couple grand because we weren't paying our mortgage for like two months. And then with the closing and all that, and then there was like something else. And I don't remember, but there was like a couple months last year where all of a sudden we were like, oh, like it was just, you know what I mean? And like, and it all made sense. Like it was all logical. And like, I knew exactly where it all came from. But when you kind of step back, it was all very unexpected, like outside of like our normal paychecks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so even though you can like logically explain where it's, it's not like I just got like a, like a check in the mail from like publish, publishers clearinghouse yeah, or something, right? Do you know what I mean? Like it all yeah. made sense. It all was logical. Like I didn't have like an unexpected fourth relative die and leave me millions or whatever. Like it all <laughs> made sense, but it just kind of like, if, if you're not in a place where you're like open to receiving that and you mm-hmm. just trust that more is coming, mm-hmm. then those things don't happen and they don't manifest. Now, the counter to that is there are actions involved, right? Like you can't just like sit in your chair on the couch and just be like, $10 million is coming to me, $10 million is coming to me, and then do nothing and expect okay. it to show up. Like there, are, like you have to then take the action mm-hmm. to create the possibility. So that's a huge piece of it. But yeah, when you can get out of that just very scarcity mindset and into more abundance in like having and saving and receiving because having and receiving are different and saving and spending are different and giving and all that. So it kind of flows more through you. It will create a very different financial experience for you. Mm. Sorry, I could talk about this for hours. Oh my I tried gosh, to jump no. well, it into I, I a mean, couple of minutes, but <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to have to have you back, which, you know, will probably be sometime next year, given our track record. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry I'm not trying to make you spit up a coffee. Um, <laughs> but um, just like such great insights. And I think this has been a, a really powerful conversation. I know I personally have found it very helpful. I'm and glad. so if, you know, someone listening has been inspired to to learn more, to, to get that help, get some education, where can they uh, find you? Where can they learn more from you? Um, my website is kaylalyon.com. It's K-A-Y-L-A-L-Y-O-N.com. Um, and my Instagram and Facebook handles are Kayla M J Lyon um, for both of those. And I've got both on my website and if you go into my Instagram like link, um, I've got a free money mindset PDF that kind of walks through. It's it's obviously kind of like basics, but it kind of goes in a little bit, dives a little bit deeper into what we've been talking about today. Um, and it kind of, there's a bunch of like journaling prompts and questions that can kind of help you walk through and find out where you're starting and, you know, kind of start to really uncover where you are and can, you can see how some of your, um, unconscious beliefs might be sabotaging you and then how to start kind of working through them. And I also offer a, um, complimentary, uh, 60 minute consult session. So if anybody's interested in hopping on a call with me to see what we can do together, I would love that. Awesome. 
Kayla, thank you so much. I would say that the wait was worth it. You have I would been agree. a phenomenal guest and really, really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Well, friends, uh, until next week, keep on living your healthiest, happiest, and most abundant life because we love abundance. Talk to you soon. You've just finished another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.